1: finally something to get excited about.
0: Legionnaires 3 number 1, Future Shock. Published February 1986. Written by Keith Giffen and Mindy Newell, with art by Ernie Colon and Carl Kiesel. Synopsis. The Time Trapper has kidnapped Graham Rands, and the founding Legionnaires are going to get him back, no matter the cost. So, Matthew, the
1: final crisis on infinite earth Mm -hmm. is over and we are starting to see the ripple, the ripple of uh, effects are happening Mm -hmm. and we are starting to see that uh, specifically impact the time trapper. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And we also get to the point where DC is like, Hey, it's time to launch a whole bunch of stuff. What's still popular at this time. The Legion is, Let's launch a four issue <laughs> mini series with a 75 cent cover price and uh, let's make a lot of money.
2: <laughs> the okay, so the final issue of Crisis on Infinite Earth would come out in November of 1985. So these uh, Legionnaires Three, number one pops up in February of 86. Now, here's the thing. This is a caveat because I know there's somebody out there and I know I know Legion Omnicom at the very least is about to say, wait, this is out of order. Here's the deal. While Legion of Superheroes Volume 3, Number 18 does take place before this issue, it also doesn't take place <laughs> before this issue. We are now at a point where we're going to see more than one point where i have just kind of had to flip a coin in a way that i haven't before you know the last time this happened it was just i screwed up but uh legion of superheroes number 18 is actually referenced uh there's a footnote in this issue about it but there's something in that issue that has to happen before this issue and then there's something in that issue that has to happen after this issue and none of them involve striking your mic with your hand yeah so, yeah, but yeah, that's striking the, the past from the future—that is
1: something that happens here because the time trapper has a plan to finally get uh, his comeuppance on the Legion of Superheroes. But first, he needs to play a game of chess with Brainiac, Silver Age Brainiac, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, uh, also, shall we play a game? Also, uh, time trapper is a still not a Durlin. time
2: trapper. Is the most hospitable of friends to Brainiac.
1: He is he is not a Cthulhu yet, um, and we hope that nobody. <laughs> what, what do you his mean nose. a Cthulhu yet? What are you talking about? I mean, we didn't. We don't. You know, at one point I thought he was a Cthulhu, and then he pulls the the mask away from his doppelganger, and it's a creepy old guy with dead eyes. And so, yeah.
2: Um, are you talking about the guy with the with the cloak and the tentacles? Because I think you may be thinking of R.J. Brand as the derlin. Yeah, no, uh, I think in Time Trapper is also a Derlin at some point. No. Or a Cthulhu. Not to my knowledge. Well, we'll see. I um, may be wrong, but we'll last, see. It's possible. The last Time Trapper that we saw and the Time Trapper that we see, uh, spoilers, murdered here, is the Controller. And the Controller was the one who kidnapped uh, Garth and Ayla on their wedding day. Yeah. Or not Garth and Ayla. Sorry, Garth and Imra. Ayla is Garth's twin sister. I mean, you and you know, are it's not the future. There. Maybe they're a little bit mo-
1: o- more open-minded. No, you know, you know. uh, yeah, no. So open-minded? this is minded.
2: I mean, <laughs> they the are from hell? another planet. We can't. We can't judge their other culture. That's true that we cannot say that Winneth is not like the interplanetary version of right. I don't know Kentucky.
1: So this. So here's the thing. This is a four issue miniseries that really feels like. DC figured out, oh, we need to play up on the success of the Legion specifically because, um, you know, we're trying to regrow the company. We're right. We're right around the end middle of crisis and uh, we can start bringing some of this stuff in and we can start not only updating the characters, but we can start updating the books and making them a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know what to say, but interesting. That's the only thing I can say is. Everything that we've read over the last, I don't know, six, 10, 15 episodes has just been eh, some good, some bad, but these two uh, issues just rock in my opinion. And if I were to go to a store and I were to see Legionnaires three, number one, and this was my Mm -hmm. first introduction to the Legion of superheroes, number one, I wouldn't completely understand it. I mean, they do do Uh some flashback stuff in here, but I would be hooked on just the drama that's going on in the pages of this comic.
2: It is good. I I agree with you. And I feel like, you know, and not saying we because it wasn't me, but we here at Legion Clubhouse, there have been some some inflammatory statements about young Mindy Newell's writing. And oh, man, this is I a feel- totally, totally redeems her. Oh, this is yeah, and this one, I feel like there's a lot of Mindy Newell in here because, yes, it is co-written by Mindy and Giff, but uh, so you may remember the thing about Keith Giffen is that Keith Giffen really likes to bounce ideas off of his, his co-writers yeah. His, yeah the so people he's working with.
1: My understanding is Giffen is the plotter, and Mindy is credited as writing all of the dialogue.
2: Yes, and Mindy kills it. Yeah, no, it's because, good. The,
1: there's not oh, the... The, uh, the, my big complaint before was it's like, uh, so much snarkiness, so much clickishness that she was writing okay, in. Yeah, and just this, flat
2: out meanness.
1: Yeah. And this, there's not a hint of that in here. There's some gentle ribbing. Yeah. There's some fun. There's some evil. There's some people that are getting blown <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, I think in this, if you were to show me this, Uh, Mm -hmm. before you showed me any other Mindy Newell and then showed me the previous stuff, I'd be like, nah, this isn't the same writer. But this is definitely a writer that I think has improved with age. And oh man, I love both of these issues.
2: Yes. And the thing that really sells it, I remember reading this when I was a kid and having no idea what in the Framela was going on, but This issue opens with, I think, one of the best examples of the difficulty of writing the omnipotent villain character, that character who is, they know, they should know, they should know exactly what's going on. And they spend a couple, three pages just showing us life behind the Iron Curtain of Time Mm -hmm. and these, you know, these creatures just running in fear of the time trapper. And then we literally see the time trapper calling up the time trapper that we know and destroying him. And this time trapper who again has, you know, threatened the whole Legion. Although also he, you know, was defeated by a baby matter eater lad who ate his spaceship. Um, the adventure comics days were a trip. Go back. It's like episode 10 or something, but we see the omnipotent time trapper going, oh, I'm sorry, master. I didn't mean to admit it. And he, you know, he gets totally zarked on panel. And then you realize, Oh, this guy who has literally held out the whole Legion isn't actually even the villain. And it doesn't feel like a, Oh no, they're retconning something. It doesn't feel like, Oh, they're doing something awkward and stupid to reestablish it. It feels like logical progression, And it feels like this is a scary, terrifying time trapper. And then he's like, no, I will not use my time trapper powers. I will fight them fairly. I want to understand the Legion. I want to figure out what they're truly capable of and to, to break them. And I'm like, oh, and he's going to do it by kidnapping a baby.
0: Oh, you jerk. Why I mean, and even that? that,
1: even the kidnapping scene. So, you know, um, uh, magnet or, um, Magneto? who is it? Yeah, no, not Magneto cosmic Boy. <laughs> cosmic. No, no. Yeah. Cosmic boy and, uh, lightning lad are, you know, coming home. They're hanging out to watch the moops balls tournament. Uh, Saturn mm-hmm. girl is there. Uh, they're putting little, uh, uh, baby, uh, uh, gray Graham, right. uh, to bed and then, as she goes in, she's attacked by a bunch of guys uh, who are sent from the future by the time trapper. And then Lightning Lad and uh, Cosmic Boy uh, spring into action and they all fight it out. And there's gunplay and everything. They think they've rescued the baby. And then, a uh, Santa girl looks down. And at the last second, the time trapper has swapped uh, Graham uh, out with a dummy that says, Only yes. four players in this game. Any Legion interference, and the child dies. And it's
2: like, holy and it's, crap! Holy crap! It's a horrifying cabbage patch abomination. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, and it's just terrifying. But the thing that, that sells it for me, that absolutely sells it, is these are the founding Legionnaires. These are the most experienced yeah. heroes in the 31st century. And when this happens, you're like, oh, crap. They're totally getting beat up by these idiots. And then Cosmic Boy is like, can you do anything and lightning lad is like i could get them now if i knew where my family was and then telepathically saturn girl is like i sensed an attack so i let them think they knocked me out this is exactly where they are and then lightning lad is like cause can you get the baby and yeah. you see them just it boom, is it into is just action. an
1: awesome it is the the fight sequence in this is a, are really good Uh, the, Mm -hmm. the dialogue is really good. The plotting is really good. It is, it is planned out, uh, from the very beginning. You mentioned Cabbage Patch Kids. Cabbage Patch Kids Mm -hmm. were introduced in 1982. That's when the prototype came out. Uh, 1983, they were introduced at the, um, New York, uh, city toy fair. They Mm -hmm. hit their peak sales in 1984. And by 1985, Mm -hmm. the Cabbage Patch Kids were everywhere. So mm-hmm. that does not surprise me that this thing kind of looks like a Cabbage Patch kid.
2: Terrifying Cabbage Patch. Oh, do do so I got to tell you though, it is so, so scary. That kid <laughs> gave me nightmares. Remember, I read this when I was 14 years old. That kid, that baby gave me nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Grandma knew that. But you get to the end of the, yeah. You, but you get to that point where, so we find out that the baby is gone. And it's a nine panel grid. And I want you to keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. When I say the phrase nine panel grid, keep that in mind. That's going to come up again over the next few years. Uh, By 1990, I think you'll hear what I'm saying. But it's such a perfect sequence because you see Imra realizing her son is gone. You see Lightning Lad embracing his wife. You see Cosmic Boy looking like, "Oh my God, what happened?" You see Lightning Lad's face, and he is just enraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is so so beautiful. And the final issue, this big splash page of oh, the Time Trapper holding the baby. Oh man! And putting everything right. To this, check. This, is, this it's it's a splash. really yeah, it's really good.
1: Now there are some problems that I have with that. There are a couple of things that I have okay. some issue with specifically with the art in a couple of places, mm-hmm. not throughout, because for whatever reason, the art in this issue mm-hmm. looks more like what I would expect a 1980s DC comic to look like. Number one, mm-hmm. uh, number two, it feels even though dark Knight uh, returns has not come out yet it feels mm-hmm. like a lot of the art or at, l- at least the inking is inspired by uh Klaus Jansen who did the inking on um um uh, the dark knight
2: mm-hmm. and, well, and before uh, dark knight you got to remember that yeah, he was Klaus Darede- and Frank Miller did um Daredevil. Oh, what was the name swamp no thing. they did a book for DC um called they were Ronin, do swamp thing I believe. oh yeah 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 they did running for for DC comics and it was Klaus Jansen over, um, flibbity, bibbity boo. And it looked like the dark Knight returns, which yeah, yeah. I think is really kind of cool.
1: And I know it's er- Ernie colon and, uh, Carl Kessel doing, mm-hmm. doing the art duties here. Uh, but it just so much of it reminds me of dark Knight style. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and it could just be, you know, the shading and everything has influenced everybody, but even, um, the time trappers, little thing. Otak, reminds me of mm-hmm. Abner from, uh, the Dark Knight returns. the The guy that makes the little
2: wind up creepy Cabbage Patch kids that fly around and kill everybody. You can definitely see it. I mean, I don't know if that's it. it I feel like it may be some sort of industry influence that's kind of you know bringing this is this is coming to the point where the Bronze Age is really kind of coming to a head. Well, hopefully, we are going to be. Well, we're gonna be out of the Bronze Age of comics pretty soon. I wanna say I can't remember if it goes to nineteen ninety no, I think it's but,
1: basically when Dark Knight Returns comes out.
2: But we at, we're Age. at a point here where, you know, they're all of the comics, especially the you know, the DC comics from the big two, are trying to go adult, not like scary, bloody, sexy, sexy adult, but they're trying to do something yeah. mature. Yeah. And this issue pulls it off and yeah. I think the thing that is most fascinating to me to steal your your catchphrase is we see saturn girl crying because her son is gone but it doesn't feel like an oh here is this hysterical woman right this is literally three characters who you know are now at a point where they don't know what to do they think their you know their child their godchild is missing mm-hmm. and it's three different responses cause is kind of a stoic. Oh my God, what do we do now? She's sad. Garth is angry. And I really like that balance where you get to see that adult response. If somebody stole my kid first, I would cry. Then I would unleash my lightning powers and everyone, you know, within a 50 yard radius of that person would die horribly.
1: Yeah. Uh, Going back, going back to um, (laughs) the art, the stuff specifically that I don't like, is mm-hmm. on the uh, one splash page where the time trapper is standing in the center and he's kind of here are all the highlights about uh, Garth and the sub panel that has the wedding mm-hmm. of the two is just mm-hmm. weird because everybody is super elongated and it's just, <laughs> it's just not right. It's not natural and it looks horribly bad. Uh, the other one, the other panel that is really weird is let me see if I can find it really quick is, Oh no, I can't find it. Um, it's the, it's one where she is screaming.
2: Yes. That Uh, is uh, the page. It's the page. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're retelling telling. the origin of the Legion, and you see Imra doing the, and it's Richie Rich's mom face where it's yeah, yeah. very stretchy. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really it's really that's,
1: bad. Those are the only two. Thing. That's the, those right. are the only two things that I really had a problem with with the art in this is because it's just like okay, that's not natural, but everything else is fine. Those are the only two problems with the art that I had in this particular issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else, I was just like, literally from I think that the moment that we get to the Moops Ball stuff when cosmic Mm -hmm. boy and lightning ladder goofing around with each other as they're checking out of the, the deli. Um, yes, I was just like, this is a great issue. This is like, this is what, this is the Legion stuff that I want to read. Um, and it makes me sad that we're only getting four issues of this.
2: Oh, I'm sure there's more Legion coming. I'm, I'm
1: sure there is. And we'll talk about, uh, issue number two in just one moment.
0: If you enjoy the show, we would appreciate your support. You can find out more and become a Legion Clubhouse member at patreon.com slash major spoilers.
1: So last episode, I asked uh, you, Matthew, about uh, Jim's, how why he doesn't use a, a yarmulke or wear a yarmulke. A yarmulke. And I asked uh, Legion yeah. Omnicon, and he said, hey, uh, regarding Jim Alon's uh, use of the yarmulke, he wasn't shown wearing one when he was working on a kibbutz in Israel. In Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes, number one, or in Science Police Academy, Legion of Superheroes, volume three, number 39, with a post-crisis origin retcon that the meteor now fell on Mars instead. Doesn't look like he's wearing one in DC special series number 21 either. That's where he's first shown at Hanukkah, uh, but really only suggests he's not orthodox as there were as they as they were them all the time. Oh, as they wore them all the time. Secular Jews basically right. only wear it for Jewish services. I wouldn't expect him to wear it at a christening in a church as it's not his religion, but I am not a rabbi. Um, but that, mm. um, it wasn't w- the, the fact that he wasn't wearing it in a Christian church. Although I thought if you were in any, uh, any religious house of God thing that you were supposed to cover your head. Um, but maybe not, maybe it's only Jewish, but, but again, uh, they don't really play it up that he's the, He's that Jewish, and until they need to, like, does he does he not use electricity on Saturdays? Does he does he does he right. keep is that?
2: He, is, he is he that not? Orthodox? Yeah, and it doesn't seem he,
1: like it doesn't seem like his family is
2: Orthodox. It's like I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he. Is. I think he has I, a I little would bacon. Be really right?
1: surprised. Yeah, like
2: he'll eat a little yeah. bacon now and then. I would be really surprised if we walked into Marta Allen's house and found you know two auto uh, stoves or whatever it is. But yeah, yeah. yeah. More importantly. You know, that that's also what I say it is, not orthodox. No, <laughs> but no, no. But more importantly, yeah. I think that you I think that you're right. You do have that expectation, but then, you know, Jim as a character, that's only that's only part of him. He's yeah, that's not only like part of him. Right. But I a mean, character who was designed to be here's your, you know, your like your Jewish hero core character right. who's going to teach you something about it. But
1: the reason that, that I, I brought that, that up that the reason I brought that up was because they were really laying into the Christianity of having the baptism right, right. and the Christ uh, symbology throughout the piece. And it's like, yeah, but you also got a Jewish character here and you rarely do anything with him. Right. So, and Go then, and, then and, him, and again, any other time that we would see religion in Legion of superheroes, it's often played off as weird and quirky and look at how bad these people are. Like when lightning last was on a crazy planet where they were worshiping the giant computer tapes wow. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, so that's, that's that's what I was talking about there. But thank you, Legion Omnicon, for keeping yep. us updated, as always.
0: Legionnaires 3, number 2, From Hell to Eternity. Published March 1986. Written by Keith Giffen and Mindy Newell with art by Ernie Colon and Carl Kiesel. Synopsis. Everything the Legionnaires know about the Time Trapper is wrong. And the Ranz family may pay the price. All right. Issue
1: two just continues on with this because now they know that they need to go after the Time Trapper because they figured it out. Mm -hmm. And they are going to break into the Time Institute and they are going to go beyond the Iron Curtain of Time. Uh, The Iron Curtain of Time has been something that's been around forever. We have seen mm-hmm. Superman. We have seen Jonah. We have seen mm-hmm. um Mon well, all? Uh, Marv, uh, Yeah, uh, Monel. all Marvin. To, Marvin. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Wendy and Marvin try to punch through the Iron Curtain of Time, and they have never been able to do it. But I think they're going to try to do it again because they're going to not just try to steal the time bubble. They're going to go and meet up with Ron mm-hmm. Vidar
2: and they are going to steal the uh the time
1: cube.
2: Yes, because if you're not an active Legionnaire and you're not going to the Legion of Superheroes, you're not going to get a time bubble. But anybody can go to the Smithsonian and steal the spirit of St. Louis if you can just find a way to fly it. If you can fly it, you can, you and can take I, it. I really feel like, yeah, exactly. And that is what's wonderful to me. It's also interesting that after we got the the revelation about Ron Vidar's father— and how yeah. Vidar's daddy is a, a jerk. Yeah. The, the Legionnaires show up and they're like, we need your help. And Ron is like, I cannot do that. That is against the law. And I'm like, well, why is Ron being such a wad? And I'm like, oh, right. Ron's father was literally a universal, a universal <laughs> yeah. criminal. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really cool to see. First of all, I don't think he's ever had personality other than, you know, dressing like little Lord Fauntleroy, mm-hmm. Ron Vidar is basically just a haircut. So having him say to, you know, the founding Legionnaires, nope, not going to help you. This is a politics thing. This is, a, you know, a, honestly, a, a law thing. I can't they, help you.
1: Had they still been Legion members? I think he probably would. have. Mm-hmm.
2: Had they still been Legion members? I feel like they wouldn't have asked. Right. I feel like it would be one of those situations where Element Lad would have bulled in and, you know, Chief Zendak would have been like, All right, give
0: him the give him the bubble.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But you, it is it's neat. Yeah. What do
1: you think of uh Block's redesign here? Bob uh, do you mean the walking
2: poop emoji? I don't care for
1: it. I actually kind of I do not like I actually kind wow. of dig it. I, I the only thing that I I don't like about it is it feels more like putty than stone. Um, mm-hmm. But the the bulkishness, the homunculus kind of look that we get in yeah. this, I I really like that kind of vibe that block gives off.
2: It it feels a little a little bit more more like um, if we go back to his early appearance yeah and we go back and really rubbery head block and a big shoulders. it does feel of a piece with that but i've always been a huge fan of the steve lytle block and if you look at steve lytle's block his head and neck are very slender mm-hmm. and it it feels like the characterization you know because i giffen always used to joke that he wrote block as if he was a 12 year old yeah he wrote block like he was you know one of the kids from leave it to beaver so you imagine Jerry Mathers has the block. So you look at that, you know, that slender neck of that little head, and you're like, oh, he's just he's just a little goober who hasn't like grown into his his head here. This feels more like, you know, a, a Ben Grimm kind of look, which don't get me wrong, it's great on Ben Grimm, it just doesn't feel very block to me. Mm. But Ernie Cologne's lightning lass
0: is yeah, looks adorable.
2: Great. Yeah, it looks great. So cute. Her costume looks good. She's mad as hell at block. Yeah. And she's like, my twin brother is acting weird. And I know him as well as I know myself. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Once again, we, we talk about women as you know, the,
1: so there's some really cool, there's some really cool shenanigans as lightning lad and Saturn girl have to dodge their friends, dodge their family, dodge their, you know, whoever's that are going on. I wonder Mm -hmm. why lightning lad gets to put on a jacket, but Saturn girl just gets to run around with her main costume. Uh, and also, why is she in her costume? Because she's retired. And uh,
2: <laughs> they're all in their costumes. They're all retired. Last issue, we actually have a moment where. But look uh, at Lightning like, Lad. Look at Jim. Cos and Lightning Lad were in the in the grocery store in full costume. And yeah, but said, look Didn't at Jim. They used to be Legionnaire or something. Look like, at look at Colossal yeah. Boy.
1: Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's in like street clothes. He's wearing like slacks and brown mm-hmm. shoes and a trench coat. And these other two are all dressed up in, in their, in their superhero gear. And it's like, uh, I talk about being in,
2: incognito. Uh, I don't think right? anyone's going to recognize you. The other question I, I have is. I think it's because Jim is actually a Legionnaire and they're just trying to relive their glory days. Like maybe. when your dad would wear his baseball cap around the house. Maybe. I threw four touchdowns for Polkai in one game. Does Saturn girl have the ability to project,
1: uh, or change people's minds. Because at one point, Jim looks around and he's like, huh, I thought I saw so-and-so. And he's like, I guess not. Is that her putting the whammy on on him?
2: That is how I read it. But, but I didn't think she had that not, power, though. She does. She's, I mean, she can read and project. Uh, she So why do we need do Princess illu- Projectra then? She doesn't do illusion illusions necessarily. But if she can but make you think it, did, it's the same as. She could maybe nudge you to go, hey, what? Oh, yeah. 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 So it read that way to me, but it may just be that they whooshed past. And it could be that that's why lightning lad is wearing his, yeah, his jacket, Jacket, I guess, because his lightning bolts cover most of his torso front yeah. and back. Whereas her Saturn symbol is just, a you know, a little pendant thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then know. even Cosmic Boy has a new device that allows him to assume the identity of Ron Vidar. <laughs> Which is Anybody something we've with never black seen. Black
2: hair, he can turn into. Yeah, uh, Chameleon Boy had not. Chameleon yeah, Chameleon Boy has had that had power had. to do it.
1: So, I mean, do we need Chameleon somebody Boy if everybody? Can have this thing
2: before? Though.
1: I don't. I mean, I don't remember, but maybe, maybe so. I swear they have. But I mean, it's like, well, if we can have image inducers, why do we need Chameleon Boy?
2: Well, because Chameleon Boy can change his shape, not just his face. Eh, I mean, uh, Cosmic Boy changes his whole costume and everything. Yeah, but I mean, he's still a black-haired dude wearing <laughs> but, pink. Meaning. At the same time, I like it. How when he much att- of it changes? It. I,
1: I like it when he attacks the guard, and uh, the guy is like, "Wasn't that? Uh, why would Ron Vidar act that way?" And the guard is like, "Since when does Vidar have magnetic powers?" Uh,
2: I was cosmic boy, idiot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really great. And again, there's something about the art and something about this writing style that feels mm-hmm. very 2000 AD to me. Like Mm -hmm. we haven't read strontium dog yet for the major spoilers podcast. It's coming up in 2024, but just the design of, I guess these science police guys just feels, Mm -hmm. just feels like it's not, not quite judge dread, but definitely strontium dogs and 2000 AD influenced in in my,
2: Oh, Oh yeah, absolutely. And remember strontium dog, 2000 AD, all of those, those books, Right about this time is when creators like Kev O'Neill and Pat Mills, your Grant Morrisons, you know, mm-hmm. your your um the original artist, your Alan Moore's, uh, all of the guys who have been in Britain just kicking butt are starting to make their way to the US. And a lot of them are coming straight to DC because DC is like, get that Alan Moore kid over here. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I definitely see that. And I also see it in just that action sequence where they're they're like in the museum and people are wandering around and things mm-hmm. are happening. Wait, I'm an authority figure. And then Cosmic Boy is just like, nope, sorry, magnet you to the wall and leaps. And it's such a pretty leap. I mean, well, for even the last you few get... issues. Um, Go ahead. You've, you've been complaining about Ernie Cologne's work. And I'm like, this yeah. is Ernie Cologne. And this is really good. Ernie no, Cologne. it's really good. And maybe
1: it is because... Uh, the Inker could have been part Maybe, of the problem it before, be Kiesel, but
2: it may be the speed, I don't. but I,
1: I like Carl Kessel or Kiesel. Uh, his art, his, I mean, this, this, this duo works really well for me. Although I still think that Hulan tends to elongate people a little bit too much, especially in close frames where necks are longer than they should be or arms are a little bit, Mm -hmm. torsos are a little bit too long, but you know, other stuff just really works from composition. Like when they are in, when they finally, so the iron curtain actually has a crack in it. So the time trapper is allowing them in and they're all like, okay, everybody, this is a trap. They get inside and there's all these guards on the other side of the wall. And the lightning lad is like, well, I bet this place has got electricity pilgrim. And that means electric lines are running through here. And he goes, watch this. And then he like zaps everybody through in the whole corridor because he's lighting up the electric lines that run under the floor. And it's great. It, the action yep. is great in this. The coloring is great. Yeah. The composition is great. The, the moment where they realize that these guards are really human bombs and they're also filled with gas and they get taken down by the time trapper. All this stuff yes. is just so good from top to bottom
2: it really is and i feel like my favorite part of it is once again you get the feeling that these are the top notch guys you know yeah. you get this kind of writing in, in in a mainstream dc comic you'll see a justice league story mm-hmm. and they'll split everybody up but everybody will be really good at what they do but seeing the you know this coordination cosmic boy is like okay what's this? Check this. And Imra uses her telepathy. She sees where the people are. And Garth is like, all right, there's definitely some conductiveness in the floor. I'm going to use this conduit. I'm going to run conduit. And just nukes them without even coming around the corner. It's so neat to see these three being experienced, being powerful, being comfortable together and thinking, oh, right. They're not 14 anymore or 57 or however old you are when you're a teenager. Yeah,
1: in the I, I don't know. There's just something about the art and everything here that just is just so yeah. different from what we've seen in the previous stuff. And the storytelling is so different from what we've seen in the previous stuff. Uh, Kev- Karen Berger is the, um, is the editor on this, uh, mm-hmm. as she has been for, um, for a while, uh, for, for Legion stuff. This just feels like the book has finally figured out what it wants to be. And it's yeah. not even the Legion book. Although the nice thing is we do get a Legionnaires title spinoff, uh, in the future. Yeah. And so maybe this is, is, is the impetus or the, the thing that caused that, uh, to happen.
2: I, I think this is definitely something that led to that. And I think that that experiment for a year when we had, you know, the, the deluxe Mando book, and then we had the, the Dan Jerkins uh, B team, I don't mean that as cruel as that. No, but that's that what they are. Really catty. But yeah, you do have that kind of, we had that experiment of two stories, no waiting. And, mm-hmm. you know, during that time frame, it really kind of felt like you'd see three or four Legionnaires. So you'd have Brainiac and Dawnstar with a little bit of wildfire. And if you weren't reading both books, you wouldn't feel like you knew the whole Legion so when we get to your favorite era of comics when everything has a numbered yellow triangle on the cover.
1: Yeah, the right way to do it.
2: Really, this is this is where that starts. This is like the the backdoor pilot for that, because mm-hmm. we've taken three legionnaires and broken them off in a Legion story that's just about them, but we keep seeing, you know, Ayla's over here doing this, or yeah. Block is being like, Oh, my name's Block. And again, we get just an incredible final full page splash and it's just the time trapper sitting and watching the sound run out. Yeah. Like it's good.
1: It's good. Here's the other thing that is, is somewhat interesting to note on this is that, uh, the previous issues that we, we read of just Legion of superheroes, uh, the last two Mm -hmm. specifically, uh, 17 was a dollar 50 issue. 16 was a dollar 25. These four Mm -hmm. issues all have a 75 cent cover price which is weird because these stories I think are actually better than, than what we're getting for the buck 25 stuff. Um, the 75 cent comic in 1985 is worth, uh, would be, have a cover price of $2 and 14 cents today. The dollar right. 50 comic, um, uh, that would, uh, have come out in 1985, uh, is mm-hmm. worth, um, four twenty nine today. So, Uh, one of the things that people don't realize is that that 429 is very close to 499, even though I complain that 499 is too much to pay for a comic book. It probably wouldn't. My my thinking is it probably would not have been that big of a deal. Had it not dropped, jumped from like a dollar 99 to 299 to 399 to suddenly 499 and 599 had DC, I think had DC and other publishers, just did, did a slow inflationary increase every year. Right. I think people would not be complaining about a four ninety nine comic book today. Now retailers probably would have complained because the next year, the Legion yeah. book is 80 cents instead of 75 cents or 82 cents if they're following a right. uh, natural inflation. But I think had they not just done giant jumps in cover prices over the, especially over the last 20 years, I think we would be more accepting of a four 99 comic today because that's essentially what we were paying in in 1985 for a a regular Legion of superheroes book.
2: Well, and the Legion of superheroes volume three that we are reading right now is uh, one of DC's deluxe books. So Mm -hmm. at this point it's still comic shop only. It's still ad free and Mm -hmm. it's still, um, uh, on like higher quality, uh, higher quality paper. Man- yeah. Your Mando paper. Yeah. So you do kind of have that thing. I believe that the, your baseline comic in 1985 would have been 75 cents. So yes. if you were buying it a Spider-Man. Was, yeah. Um, back
1: in 77, 78 would have been 50 cents. But by this right. time, 75 cents is pretty much the norm. And that's where I was getting into comics with mostly 75 cent books, occasionally a buck 25 And I honestly, if I saw a buck 25 comic, I would have, I would have had to sit there and really think, do I want to pick up that buck that buck 50 comic when I can get two comics for, for that price for 75 cents.
2: And I started in the 60 cent era, mm -hmm. um, probably the tail end of the 60 cent era and a lot of the 65 cent comics. But, you know, by the time we got to the point where 75 cents and a buck 50 for annuals, I was like, yeah, this is still pretty good. I'm, I'm still fine with that. I really didn't have a complaint until we started getting to the 225, excuse me, the 225 comic book price point. Yeah. But that was also a good nine years after this. So, yeah, well, I'm
1: even thinking like, right. yeah, I, I'm even thinking like um, a lot of the indie comics. Uh, That I was Mm -hmm. reading at the time, like Maze Agency uh, was one that I really got a kick out of in the late 80s, early
2: 90s. That issue. That was an innovation book that was a buck.
1: buck Yeah, that was a buck. And that was one that I was like, oh, man, this is a buck. But I really like Adam Hughes cover art. And uh, so that's why I would be willing to spend a buck on that. But I do know that there were some $1.50 comics during this time that I would not have picked up on but again i think that had dc been allowed to just maybe 5 cents a year or whatever price increase right. across all their book lines we would not be complaining about the prices of comics today people would just be oh yeah next year it's going to raise up 5 cents and 5 cents after that but i think at some point you do cap it off so i mean you, your comic prices have to rise with the cost of inflation so mm-hmm. i still think maybe 4.99 is a little bit too high but you know 430 people might be okay with that and that's still you know in line with what it was back in the 70s and the 80s and today. So yeah, uh just just a great double. Just great two issues here and and this is everything oh, yeah. that I like in uh in my in my Legion comics.
2: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, this really is uh, in a lot of ways this is the beginning of that th- what would eventually become that five years later Legion. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning mm-hmm. of one of my favorite Legion eras. But when you get into this stuff, you also do see, um, you know, these issues do have the time Trevor talking about how Garth is an actor that playing a role. One. Yeah. 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 He's not all there. And I'm like, is this the beginning of the prote retcon? Maybe. Maybe. Are they hinting that this isn't the Garth that we, that we should know? And, you know, we do get points where Cosmic Boy is is very calm and people are like, oh, is Cosmic Boy the natural born leader who always has to be the leader? Because remember, that hasn't really been a thing up till now. But starting in about the mid 90s, it becomes the thing. He's like the Captain America of the Legion. And I hate it, but... <laughs> It's starting to come together here. You know, it it really is interesting to watch these characters turn into something not different, but definitely focused in a different way.
1: And that wraps it up for this installment of the Legion Clubhouse. Matthew,
2: what did we learn this week? We learned that lightning lad is prettier than block and that's the way it should be.
1: I think we also learned that if you're wearing a glove,
2: you're probably an evil guy. But most importantly, Cabbage Patch Kids are evil and you should run from them. Thank you for checking out this
1: installment of Moops Ball Tournament number 587. We certainly appreciate you joining us uh, for this. I remember Metropolis is always going to win. Uh, But if you enjoyed this episode and the things that we do and you found some value in this, please head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers, where you can make a small pledge, five bucks a month, That's less than three pizzas a year, and uh, you can enjoy a bunch of extra bonus content that we have over there waiting just for you. And we can continue this show. So until next time, I am uh, the clone of the Time Trapper, dude.
2: And I'm Graham Nash of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Tiny Wazo.
0: The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Steven Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Stephen Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Stephen at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa.
2: This podcast is copyright 2023
1: by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.